Rams fans, welcome into Rams Showcase, the longest-running unofficial Rams podcast. I am your host, Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight, the Rams ship off another player who is expected to be a big contributor this season. Plus, what do these moves all mean? And what do they tell us about Sean McVay? And later, the third division test of the season. We preview the Cardinals at the Rams. Before we hop in, just a reminder, ramshowcase.com. That is where you find the most up-to-date action uh, surrounding the show, as well as myself and uh, your Los Angeles Rams content. Uh, follow on social media. That would be at ramshowcase, at Sheriff Joe Bags. And uh, by the way, up on the website, at or, excuse me, ramshowcase.com. Under that merch tab is also where you can snag your t-shirts, your Ram Showcase t-shirts. If you are interested in supporting the show, that is absolutely the best way to do it, other than just being here and uh, taking it all in. So let's go ahead and hop into the action here. So the Rams trade wide receiver Van Jefferson to the Atlanta Falcons. We did see the first photo of Van Jefferson in a Falcons uniform. Uh, That looks a little bit weird, but uh, I guess we'll get used to it, right? Uh, But the Rams do receive a sixth round pick and the Falcons do receive a seventh round pick alongside Van Jefferson. Jefferson, uh, he only had two snaps against the Eagles, but uh, he did see a significant drop in his production so far this season. So I don't know if this move was necessarily expected, anticipated or whatever, but it's definitely not surprising in my opinion. Jefferson did enter this contract year with a really good opportunity to produce with Cooper Cup being out for those first four games, but he just really wasn't able to settle in. And with wide receivers Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua showing their ability to handle the duties, the return of Cup seemed to just seal Jefferson's fate entirely. This is the second player that we expected to be a pretty big contributor on the season Uh, who has now been traded away, joining Cam Akers, who did get shipped off uh, to Minnesota. So the compensation might uh, give you an immediate reaction that the Rams did not pull off enough in return, uh, but I'm not sure really what else the Rams could have gotten for Van Jefferson. He was likely on his way out at the end of the season anyway, and it was kind of becoming clear that he was not going to be a critical part of this offense even the rest of this season. So utilizing him to make a seventh round pick a sixth round pick, and yes, these picks are in 2025, so we won't see the benefit of this uh, for a little while. But that's better, in my opinion, than just letting him walk at the end of this season. I do see that uh, some people anticipated the Rams would have gotten a comp pick for Jefferson, but those are not guaranteed, and usually the the projections of those don't translate directly. We also got the comments from Sean McVay that he kind of made these moves uh, part of the move was to help Van Jefferson. Like I said, he's in a contract year and he was not going to be a contributor for the Rams this season. So you know what? I totally buy that. I 100% buy that it's like, you know what? Instead of just keeping him here and sitting him down on the bench, getting him two reps a game, let's go ahead and get him somewhere where maybe maybe that's all he needed. A little bit of a change of scenery, a bit of a spark to his career. And maybe, you know, who knows what his potential can turn into as his career unfolds. Um, but I also just I just don't think that the the trade compensation was that bad. And let's also kind of kind of kind of take a peek back here uh, backwards a little bit and kind of look back at different trades like when the Rams uh, shipped off uh, Kenny to uh, the Denver Broncos. And we all kind of were surprised by that. But then it worked out in a, like a week later, the Rams uh, were able to to snag Von Miller and So you had to kind of look at both of those trades, Kenny Young and Von Miller and all that stuff as kind of just one trade, even though they were two separate transactions. So I know we've already seen the rumors floating around that maybe the Rams are going to try to pull off a trade for somebody like Kyle Pitts from the Atlanta Falcons. Um, But obviously that's all kind of just hearsay. Those are just rumors bouncing around. Um, But I also like to think that with the relationship the Rams now have with the, the Atlanta Falcons with the Van Jefferson move, the relationship that they have with the the Minnesota Vikings, which is very clear and very abundant, that maybe, maybe these moves aren't done yet. And I don't know if the Rams are really going to be buyers going into uh, the, the rest of the season here, uh, but I, I will say that I do think that overall, um, I, I, I would say that the Rams are better than the majority of people who watch and follow the NFL expected them to be. But a lot of storylines coming out from uh, Rams fans that uh, the Rams send too much to people and they're not getting back a lot via trade. And this goes back to, you know, the Jared Goff deal. People have kind of referenced that, that like we give you first round picks to take our guys. We never get anything in return. 
But it, it, I got to say, that point absolutely has backing. That the Rams, maybe the, the trade value that the Rams have been doing, uh, it, maybe it's not that strong. Uh, but I, I would say that it's a very zoomed in way to look at these trades. And if we look at the Cam and Van trades as individual events and analyze only what is sent and what is returned, it definitely sounds like the Rams are not getting the right amount of value. But with Cam Akers, he was a healthy scratch for a few games, and clearly there was a bit of a rift between him and the coaching staff. We don't know um, like what happened exactly and, and what kind of the conversations were going on behind closed doors and what really fractured that relationship. But it did become clear that it was a bit of a priority for the Rams to remove him from the locker room and just go ahead and get that 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 era of his playing career over with and get him started somewhere else and just out of our area, which totally makes sense, depending on what actually happened, which we don't know and maybe we'll never know exactly what went down with Cam Akers. And that's totally fine with me. He's in Minnesota now, and I think that it's, it, we're, it's okay for myself, at least, if we just move on and just let that be what it was, which was it didn't work out here, and that's okay. And uh, with Van Jefferson, the uh, underwhelming performance in a contract year with our top wide receiver on IR for the first four weeks, it was clear that Van had taken a bit of a step back and wasn't performing to the levels that the coaching staff expected. And you couple that with Nakua and Atwell having their individual breakouts, Van just became extremely expendable. And I'm not sure what uh, a lot of fans were really expecting to get in return. I kept seeing a lot of stuff like maybe we can get a third round pick. No, <laughs> like he he had two snaps. No one's going to give up a, a third round pick for a guy that uh, the the team that he's already on and has played in a Super Bowl with doesn't even trust anymore to have out on the field. So, of course, we kind of tanked his value. But uh, I, I think that ultimately it's it's just a you got to zoom out on these moves a little bit. And let's look at what would have happened uh, this offseason. Van Jefferson just doesn't return and the Rams just get nothing for that. And he just he just goes to a new team and that's it. Same with Cam Akers. Maybe he just kind of he just maybe he gets cut or something like that. And he just kind of disappears. And that's that's it's over. Like, I mean, yeah, you can kind of flip a pick into a little bit of a higher pick. And that's also let's let's look at those picks now because the Rams like to move around a lot when it gets to draft time. And now the Rams have a seventh round pick. That is now a sixth round pick, which is just more value that something we could try to package in later on for a different move. So who knows? Um, so I don't know. It's kind of kind of depends on uh, your perspective on the draft picks themselves and what you're really looking for here. We also just opened up a roster spot. I know that we have some kind of moves and things happening as far as filling those roles. But I don't think that the Rams are done with their roster moves. I don't think that the roster that the Rams are fielding right now and going into week six against the Arizona Cardinals, I don't think that that's just what we have until week 18. I think there will still be other moves. And we've seen just in the last, you know, since the preseason ended, we've already seen a number of moves uh, to try to make this team better, including uh, moves like the Kevin Dotson move. And if you haven't seen his Rams revealed yet, definitely do it. He is an easy guy to root for, and now I'm kind of rooting for him even more, man. I'm really liking Kevin Dotson, so uh, check that one out. Form your own opinions, but I think he's awesome, and I'm pumped that he's on our team, and I hope he plays more because uh, he's performing really well out there, although I don't know if the coaching staff sees him in the top five, whatever, but kind of see how the season shakes out as, as, as far as the offensive line goes, but if that is the case, if uh, Dotson's going to be sitting there, then uh, Noteboom might be a guy that the Rams try to move on from, or at least... I think that would be the only move, right? You're not going to go back and tell them like, hey, you remember that contract we gave you? Yeah, we're going to, we want to keep you, but we don't want to pay you that much. <laughs> like, I don't know if that works out. So just let him go play somewhere else. If uh, he can start, then uh, then that's the thing. But uh, the alternative for both these players, though, like I said, was just kind of release them and you don't really get anything back for that. At least we can move a seventh round pick and turn it into a sixth round pick. I don't hate that. Uh, but on a team with positions that could absolutely be improved upon, I'm talking it talking at you edge rushers, um, then, uh, you know, opening the roster spots while also upgrading future draft picks just doesn't seem like the worst thing to me. Akers being a healthy scratch and Jefferson getting two snaps against the Eagles, they really just had no value. So I think that what the Rams got for him is actually fine. Um, the only other options uh, were to keep unhappy players who are not performing or release them. You really just want to have guys here who are just bitter and angry and not playing and in, in talking to other players and kind of, I feel like maybe being that, that little bit of a cancer in the locker room and, and you don't, you just don't want that. And, and if removing them and putting them on a new team completely 
relieves that, then just go ahead and, and do that. You got to pull that trigger on that one and just like go let them go, let them go do their thing somewhere else and just let it be what it is. But let's also not forget the currency that is draft picks. We just got better at it, even if it's just by a little bit. In future trades, sending a six instead of a seven could be why a team says yes to a different trade. The Rams also have solid luck when drafting late and have shown the ability to find strong players at all levels of the draft board. And that kind of goes all over the place. We know now that like the there's certain draft classes that just like didn't feel like they really panned out. Um, and that that is one of them, the the Van Jefferson class. It looks like Jordan Fuller is really like the only true hit in that class. So, I mean, it happens. But also, that's why I hate right uh, like right away drafting grades <laughs> as soon as they they are grading drafts. Excuse me. As soon as they happen, because, well, it doesn't make any sense. And now if we could have just waited a few years, we would probably give that draft like a D, right? <laughs> like if we only hit on one player, it's like, yeah, it's probably that's a pretty bad draft. But. Hey, I I did look them up, and uh, I was looking at some of those those draft grades uh, after that uh, that class, uh, and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of A's, a lot of B's, and so yeah, I don't know, uh, whatever you got to do with that information. I, that's uh, but that is kind of Exhibit A of why I don't do all the draft grade stuff. It it just doesn't make any sense. We got to let these guys touch football fields first, because let's also not forget how many people just trashed our class this year, uh, Rams creators and such. Uh, and you know, trashing the the Nakua pick and and all this stuff, and and look at those guys now, they're kicking all the butt cheeks, which is pretty cool stuff. So let's move on here to just some quick transactions. Of course, we just talked about it. Rams trade Van Jefferson to the Atlanta Falcons, so he is no longer uh, part of the squad. But I gotta say that uh, I still feel good about the Rams uh, wide receiver room. Uh, Van Jefferson, I liked Van Jefferson. I always liked Van Jefferson. I I was always kind of rooting for him. Uh, but, uh, this season he definitely took a, a he kind of had just a fall off. And so, uh, the Rams moving on from him doesn't really hurt my feelings. And I also really like Cooper cup. I love Puka Dakua. I'm really digging Tutu Atwell this season. I still am a fan of Benny Sko. Demarcus Robinson is awesome as well. So, I mean, I'm feeling good about where the Rams are sitting at. And that brings me to the next, uh, transaction here, which is the Rams did, uh, bring up, uh, Austin Trammell to the active roster. So he is now here. Uh, he's been the, the kick returner. There is no, like, nothing to report as far as Trammell on the, the kick, kick return team. I feel like it's just always a touchback. But he looks kind of cool. I don't know what it, what it is, but <laughs> whatever he's got on under his helmet, he kind of looks cool, so I'll take it. And uh, I'm, oh man, uh, the Rams always test me when they're, they're signing new players with the names. Uh, let me, I'm going to do my best here. The, the Rams did sign to the practice squad linebacker Olakunle Fatukasi. I feel like that's wrong, but you kind of get the gist, right? So uh, officially added to the practice squad. So we'll see uh, what his future looks like as far as uh, breaking on to the uh, active roster here. And uh, moving on to the standings of the NFC West here, we have the San Francisco 49ers sitting in first place with a 5-0 record. They did have that win over the Dallas Cowboys. This week, they are in Cleveland. Seattle Seahawks sitting in second with a 3-1 record that remains as they, of course, did have a bye week last week. And this week, they head out to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Your Los Angeles Rams sitting at 2-3 and three after that loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at home. And this week, they do take on the Arizona Cardinals, who are currently sitting in fourth place of the NFC West with a 1-4 and four record. Uh, and they, uh, they did uh, lose last week, but you know what? Oh, they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals last week, and uh, they do head to Arizona, or excuse me, Los Angeles this week. So uh, we have a pretty awesome matchup against the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, we'll talk about that game here in just a moment uh, as we get into our game preview, uh, which, I mean, it's it's locked and loaded. We got a bunch of good stuff to talk about in this game. The further we get into the season, the cooler these uh, game previews tend to get. And I'm kind of here for all of it. But before we get into that, uh, just a reminder, uh, ramshowcase.com under that merch tab is where you can snag your shirts. Again, if you would like to support the show, that is 100% the best way to do it. The second best way to do it is just consume. So just be here listening to the podcast, watching on YouTube, following on social media. And uh, the Ram Showcase is, of course, a free podcast. It always will be free for you. And uh, that's the important part. But if you do want to support, then uh, the shirts at ramshowcase.com under that merch tab absolutely the way to do that and i do appreciate that uh it is absolutely awesome and if anybody would like to uh reach out as far as sponsorships of a segment or the show itself uh ram showcase 
at gmail.com is where you can do that. We'll take a quick break here, and on the other side, we will dive into the game preview, the Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. Don't move right here at Rams Showcase. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The Los Angeles Rams play their second of three in a home game stretch at SoFi Stadium, this time taking on the Arizona Cardinals, who are sitting at one and four. Your Los Angeles Rams currently at two and three. This game kicks off at 125 on Fox. Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma will be in the booth. We do get Shannon Spake on the sideline. Your distribution map, the Rams will be playing in the green zones here. And I'm going to go ahead and blame the Arizona Cardinals for uh, the pretty small area that the Rams do get this week. There are some other games going on uh, that I guess deserve more attention than the Rams, although I will always disagree with that sentiment. If you are a better, the Rams are uh, currently sitting minus seven. So we're getting a whole a whole tud at home, which is pretty sweet stuff. Money line, the Rams just minus 330. So you're not uh, going to become a millionaire betting on the Rams to win this football game. Pretty much everybody agrees that they should. The over-under in this game uh, sitting at 48 and a half. So I don't know. That one's That's a tough one for me. I don't know if I'm going to touch this one uh, this week because I do feel like the Rams are in a position to kind of bounce back in a big way. But also the Arizona Cardinals coming off of their game that they had last week. Uh, you would think that against, this, uh, that was against the Cincinnati Bengals, you would think that they would also want to kind of have a, a turnaround as well. Josh Dobbs has been playing well, but kind of had a rough week last week. So you got to think that he wants to kind of turn it around, uh, although they do have some injuries and, and such. Uh, but we'll, of course, kind of dive into everything here. So on the Rams side, uh, we knew that the first five weeks of the Rams season was going to be difficult. So starting the 2023 season, uh, off with a bit of a gauntlet. Obviously, we know the Seattle Seahawks were in the playoffs last year, the 49ers uh, NFC Championship game uh, last year. Uh, then, of course, you have, oh man, who was even week three? I'm, I'm already losing my mind over here, but we had the, the Indianapolis Colts and then uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I mean, the, the Rams have had a bunch of, like, some pretty tough opponents so far uh, in this, this season, but it does kind of tend to, it lightens up right now, which is actually really nice to see. Uh, but, of course, no, you know, it's never a guarantee. This is the NFL and those are still NFL teams, but we knew that those first five weeks are going to be very tough. And if at the start of the season, going into week one after the, the that 40 to nothing <laughs> uh, preseason game in Denver, if you would have told me that the Rams would be sitting at two and three, but largely healthy and competitive in each game, I'd honestly be pretty pumped about it. I'm totally fine with that, actually. So the Rams do enter this game in a position to get back to 500 against a team that they have had plenty of success against in recent years. Uh, but uh, the first time that they're playing that uh, Josh Dobbs and Jonathan Gannon combo, we do know that officially Kyler uh, Murray is eligible to return from the pup. I, I, I just don't know. Uh, we haven't heard anything like if that's going to happen or not. At least I haven't seen anything, uh, whether that's even a true possibility or if it's just like, yeah, he's eligible, but not yet kind of thing. So we're kind of keeping our eyeballs on that, but I don't expect that he will be uh, in this one. But it is the first time that we're playing the Gannon era of the Arizona Cardinals. Sean McVay versus Cliff Kingsbury. That was uh, very beneficial for the Rams, which was very fun. But Gannon, he represents a new era for the Cardinals and will present, of course, different obstacles. That's as simple as it is. The Rams working uh, not only to get back to 500, but also 2-1 and one in division play, which would be absolutely huge. Of course, week one, that win over the Seattle Seahawks, and then week two, uh, the loss against the, the 49ers. But very good game, very tight game, and it did feel, again, I've said this a few times, that, uh, it, that a few plays kind of go a different way, and it feels like just a whole different outcome, potentially, in that game. Who knows what happens in there? So, and then on the Cardinals side, um, this this comment, it, I have no intentions of this being like trash talk to the Arizona Cardinals, but isn't it kind of adorable how hard they're trying this year? Like, they're such a bad team. Their roster is kind of not good at all. Their coach is like a total goober, but they're working hard out there. And 
I mean, I, I credit it, but also it's just kind of like, oh, <laughs> way to go, guys. Like, it's hey, take it serious, man. Hell yeah, I love that. Um, but obviously, they just didn't let the noise get to them, which is is good. You know, uh, they're still working very hard out there, and you obviously love to see it. These are still professionals, and and that's got to be considered, obviously. Um, but they also just happen to like not have a good roster. They kind of knew that going into this year was going to be a little bit of a transition time for them. So to see them coming out and playing actually pretty good football or like decent football, I mean, good for them, actually. You know, the win over the Car- the Cowboys, it will certainly be one that Cardinals fans kind of hang their hat on, uh, obviously, with the Cowboys kind of being so up and down. Uh, but uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals, they, they they got them on a good week. But what the who are the Cowboys? You know, like that's a that's a weird one to even judge because it seems like week in, week out. The, the Cowboys are either incredible or terrible, and there's like really no in-between. Uh, but uh, the Cardinals caught them on a good week, so they do. They are not winless, at least. And um, uh, they, they, against the NFC West so far, the, the Cowboys, they've been outscored 70-26, to 26, and uh, they do still have to play the Seahawks and the Rams, so it could get worse than that. But back to Arizona, I think that the entire world, uh, we kind of knew that the Cardinals would not really be in the running right now and i realize we're going into week six no one's really in the running right now right um but they're still an nfl team and you know they're they're at the very least these guys are going out there putting out good tape and that's really all you can ask for from a team that is kind of like you knew you were going to be bad and if the cardinals fans tell you that they didn't know that they were going to be bad they're lying to your face it's like take it back to like the the like the 07 to 09 Rams, where it's like we knew we were going to be bad. We were hopeful, but we kind of knew. Like you get the writing was on the wall. This was not going to be a, a bunch of win team <laughs> wins team. It was just kind of the way it was. But um, either way, Cardinals though, I they can. It seems like they have the ability to at least be competitive and and put their best foot forward e- each week. And that's really all you can ask for from a team that is in their position. So again, I'm not just trying to sit here and trash the Arizona Cardinals. I know realize they're one and four and they're in a transition season, whatever. But, you know, they are, they're a football team that still needs to be prepared for and played hard against. So hopefully uh, nobody on the Rams roster is kind of overlooking them. Let's take a look at some milestones that we might be hitting uh, pretty soon or at least uh, sometime this season. Uh, so we'll start with Matthew Stafford. He does need 3,491 passing yards to pass Eli Manning to break into the top 10 in passing yards in NFL history. He is currently on pace to reach that in week 18. And uh, he needs 29 touchdowns to pass Eli Manning to break into the top 10 in touchdowns in NFL history. And with Cooper Cup coming back, uh, I don't think it's impossible, although that is a tall task. 29 touchdowns. For the rest of the season, that's a good chunk, you know, but it's Matthew Stafford with incredible weapons and Sean McVay offense. So I'm not counting that one out quite yet. And he does need 817 yards to pass Matt Ryan for second most in this first 200 regular season games. He's sitting at 193 right now. So it's right around the corner and uh, he should be able to reach that um, barring some kind of like just stretch where he's only throwing for like 70 yards a game or something like that. And I just don't anticipate that. Sure, it's not impossible. Probably a little bit impossible. Uh, So Tyler Higbee, he needs 44 receptions to pass Robert Woods for eighth most in franchise history. Two more touchdowns to move into top 10 in Rams history, passing Preston Denard. And he needs just two receiving yards, two receiving yards to move into ninth most in franchise history, which is absolutely incredible. So we should see that from Tyler Higbee. Uh, the second you see him get two yards, I'm going to try to keep up with these as well. Um, as I kind of follow the season and uh, watching these guys kind of kind of creep up on these, I'm going to try to keep up with them as much as I can. So follow on Ram Showcase uh, social media uh, for the postings there of when these kind of things are hit. Uh, wide receiver Cooper Cup, he needs 78 receptions to pass Henry Ellert for third most in franchise history. 78, I mean... That's obviously a good chunk, but he had eight in his season debut, so it's definitely not impossible. He does need three receiving touchdowns to pass Henry Ellett for third most in franchise history there as well. And, I mean, there's a lot of games left. It feels like Cooper Cup should score three touchdowns, you know, but two to tie, obviously, So, uh, but three uh, moves him into, into third place in franchise history, which is absolutely incredible. He's already one of the top wide receivers this franchise has ever seen. So for him to kind of just rise up those uh, those rankings is obviously really cool to see. Aaron Donald still sits with three fumble recoveries needed to lead the franchise all time. 
and just one sack to break into the top 30 in NFL history. So he is right there. Of course, he did not get one against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is something that we are tracking, but he is quite literally 0.5 sacks away from the top 30. So if he gets one sack, it's a solo sack. He'll be sitting in that, uh, that position by himself. Take a look at the matchup in this game. The Rams offense against the Cardinals defense. The Rams do still have a top 10 unit sitting at number eight with about 385 uh putting up uh, as far as the total yards go a game. The Cardinals are 28th in the NFL in total defense, just under 400 given up. Passing the football, the Rams still have a top five unit, 270 a game. And uh, the Cardinals defense, 26th against the pass, giving up over 250. And running the football, the Rams do rank 22nd. I do kind of credit this to a little bit of a lack of attempts, only 13 for Kyron Williams last week. And uh, the Cardinals defense, 22nd against the run. So good opportunity for the Rams if they do choose to take advantage of it. And points being put up, the Rams about 22 and a half, which is uh, near middle of the pack, 15, uh, 15th in the NFL. And then the Cardinals defense uh, giving up 27.2, which is 27th in the NFL. So last week, we saw the impact that Cooper Cup can still have on a football field and in, in, in our offense, which is absolutely awesome, of course. And, uh, what we also saw was that uh, despite Cup getting his share of targets, Fuka can still be productive when targeted. And fun fact, 71 receiving yards is a career low for Puka Nakua, which is something we're going to have to try to wrap our brains around of how good this kid might actually be. Like, I know we're only five games into his, his career, but uh, there is something to be said about the way that he's, he's approaching this game and the way that he's kind of taking it so serious and the way that he's developing every single week. He already looks better right now than he did in week one. And in week one, he was killing it. So uh, the, the, the progress of Puka Nakua and how that all kind of unfolds is going to be very fun to watch. I'm really pumped to see like next year Puka Nakua and see kind of what that what he develops into over the next, you know, over the course of like, say, his rookie contract and what that kind of uh, becomes. But obviously we got him right now under a rookie deal and he's obviously rookie season right now. So we're just kind of soaking it all in as uh, he is really learning the NFL game. so uh, But it's really cool to see, obviously. And he showed, like I said, that he can be still productive uh, when he is uh, when he's targeted, uh, even though Cooper Cup is is back. Uh, but I know the, the national media was very concerned about uh, Puka Nakua and his potential uh, uh, productiveness with the return of Cooper Cup, but we saw that they both can, uh, can eat in this, uh, in this offense. Matthew Stafford and the Rams' weapons uh, have an opportunity to find a rhythm in this game, and I'd imagine that dominating time of possession after what happened last week is going to be a little bit of a focus, so I do expect that the run game is going to be a little bit more prevalent this week than it was last week. Um, but I, again, I mean, I think that the 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 news cycle of of Sean McVay abandoning the run when he's down, I, that was so so heavy this week that there's no way that he avoided it, and there's no way that everybody in that building avoided it. So I do think that Sean McVay will this week kind of tend to lean on that ground game a little bit more, especially when you're going against defense in the Arizona Cardinals who are having a hard time stopping, uh, stopping opponents, especially through the air in fairness. So if Sean McVay does go a little pass happy in this game, I absolutely get it. But I mean, what can you do? They have their hands full. The Arizona Cardinals do with these wide receivers that the Rams have, and uh, they're going to need their pass rush to kind of step up in this one. But the Rams offensive line has been playing really, really well. Puka Nakua, by the way, is first in receptions. He is two ahead of Jamar Chase, who uh, did break a uh, Bengals record for receptions in a single game against this Arizona Cardinals team last week. So potentially good news for Puka Nakua slash Cooper Cup. Um, Nakua, by the way, also second in yards. Uh, he is just one ahead of Justin Jefferson, who is hurt right now. So he will, of course kind of creep up on that he is tied for seventh in yards after catch with jefferson and he is tied for first with jefferson in receiving first downs so all those with jefferson obviously uh nakua should be able to kind of rise up above that as uh jefferson's not going to be stacking stats here uh anytime soon uh, as he is on ir and then jamar chase like i said he was he set the Bengals record for receptions in a single game and that was against this Arizona Cardinals team, who is giving up a pass rating of like 109 to opponents. So, yeah, Matthew Stafford should have a good day in this one. And your three to see on the offensive side of the football, we have wide receiver Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup had a strong debut against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, but in the second half, the Eagles game plan just kind of shined and kept the Rams weapons on the sideline. Uh, Cup is in a very good position, though, to have a very good day against the Arizona Cardinals. 
and he has uh, some attention turned away from him simply because Puka Nakua exists, and they kind of help out each other there. And now with Van Jefferson uh, getting shipped off, I do think that Tutu Atwell, he kind of got a little bit of a vote of confidence this week, right? So like we we ship off a veteran to be like, no, this guy has kind of broken out this year, so he's going to do it. And I think that attention, trying to cover all these guys against a team who's had trouble covering anybody, that's very good news. So Cooper Cup is the one I put on there because, well, we all love Cooper Cup here, uh, but uh, all three receivers really should be um, kind of in that conversation. Next up is going to be Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams is a very talented, albeit underutilized, running back. And uh, when the Rams are running the football, they tend to win more football games. And with the number of Rams rushing attempts in relation to the score, Sean McVay uh, has almost certainly heard this and will almost certainly be more patient with the run game this week. That's what we hope for, at least. And uh, the ground attack does need to be a little bit more of a priority in the game plan. And uh, the, this is the perfect opportunity to try to get that that aspect of the Rams offense roll in a little bit because it absolutely needs to be part of what the Rams are trying to attack is you on the ground, right? And then uh, that brings us to the offensive line. I am a big fan of Nopeum, by the way. On the inside, I think is mainly also where, I, although... When he fills in for left tackle, he's so good. But when he's like, you're our left tackle, then he's not. I don't know what that's all about, but I love him on the inside as well. Um, but I do think that Dotson being at right guard, it might give the Rams their best offensive line. That might be the Rams' best five with Jackson, uh, Avila, and then Shelton, and then Dotson, and then Havenstein. I think that that might be the Rams' best five. But of course, it's not up to me. So we'll just kind of see what happens. But I said it before the season started, and I stand by it. Uh, it the Rams' offensive line is is it's got incredible depth, and is absolutely one of their strongest units right now uh, for this team. But uh, last week we did see some adversity with Shelton and Havenstein both going down. Both are expected to be fine, uh, but with Warren at uh, right tackle, he was put in a really tough spot late in the game. Uh, they're trying to close out the game. We're trying to just get a little bit desperate there. And of course, on that final play, that final sack, uh, the I, I don't remember if it was Williams or if it was uh, Ronnie, uh, but whoever that was did not do a good enough job on chipping uh, and and helping out Warren. Yeah, you got to back up right tackle there. I mean, you got to do a better job of helping him out. But I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, but this week against a weaker opponent, the Rams' offensive line is definitely in a good spot to, to dominate that defensive line a little bit. So uh, I'm pumped about it. Let's move over to the other side here. We have the Arizona Cardinals offense versus the Rams defense. The Cardinals are 20th in total offense uh, with a little under 340 a game being put up in total yards. The Rams defense a top 12 unit still, although that did take a hit from that last week against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, passing the football, the Cardinals are 29th in the NFL, uh, almost 186 a game. The Rams are 15th in the NFL against the pass. And uh, running the football, the Cardinals are sixth in the NFL, 143, a little over 143 a game. The Rams are 20th against the run. And points being put up, the Cardinals are uh, sitting about 21 and a half, which is 19th in the NFL. And the Rams giving up about 21 and a half, um, which is 16th in the NFL. Uh, straight across the board there, 21.6 uh, for both of those teams' averages. So if the Cardinals score 21 points, that does check out. <laughs> but uh, of course, this uh, like each matchup is a totally different uh, different animal, and uh, I don't know if I see the Cardinals putting up 21 against the Rams, but obviously we'll kind of see what happens here. But uh, the Rams defense had trouble getting off the field last week, especially those third downs. Man, they were they were they just Philadelphia. Philadelphia was just eating it up. So uh, that was obviously something we'd like to see uh, change a little bit. That time of possession was a problem last week, uh, but we were playing against a team with fewer weapons and overall a weaker offensive line. And uh, that Eagles offensive line is no joke, man. They're they're good. And I think we kind of saw that with, uh, like, they doubled Aaron Donald and then nobody else could win a one-on-one, which, I mean, come on, win, win your one-on-ones. But at the same time, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles, we talked about it last week in our game preview, they were supposed to win that game. They're one of the Super Bowl favorites. Like, they were supposed to come into L.A. and beat the Rams. And they did it only by nine points in a game where it felt like the Rams were kind of always right there. Like, if something happened, if a big play happened at any point, the Rams were able, like, potentially able to turn that game around. So, uh, I'm not mad about it, really. I mean, again, I kind of said it before, but it's like two and three, pretty healthy and competitive in every game so far. I'll take it. I will totally take that all day. Uh, but either way, back to the uh, Rams defense here. It was an exhausting week against the Eagles. Uh, they were just they kind of just kept marching down, kept their defense on the field. 
Uh, so the Rams, I would hope, and maybe maybe I'm just trying to put that out into the universe, that they'll be a little bit more aggressive this week. They kind of let the Eagles come to them also, and I didn't like to see that. Um, so this week against the Arizona Cardinals, this is a team you can attack, so I would like to see that happen. And uh, the Cardinals offense, they've been able to find room on the ground, but of course, James Conner, he is on IR, uh, so that's a big hit to this Rams offense, or the Cardinals offense. And also their, um, their backup running back, he is questionable in this game right now. Uh, he did miss, I think, the last two weeks, but they are saying that he should be back this week. Um, but overall, it's I mean, it's a it's a stable of guys who are pretty inexperienced. Uh, I think behind him is like an undrafted rookie, stuff like that. So um, the, the Rams do have an opportunity here to kind of close down this uh, this Cardinals offense, especially if they cannot run the ball now that James Conner is down. Kyler Murray, like I mentioned earlier, is technically eligible to return from the pup list, but there is no indication or uh, or conversation about this potentially happening, at least none that I've seen. Your 3-2-C on the defensive side of the football in this one. Uh, we're going to start with Akello Witherspoon, who just keeps getting it done, man, right? Like, this guy's absolutely incredible. Uh, Witherspoon is showing uh, to be one of the better additions of this offseason, uh, which is, I mean, totally catching me by surprise here. When the Rams signed Akello Witherspoon, I was kind of like, oh, man, like, I want to see these young guys. I mean, that's that's wrong. Like, my whole assessment of the Rams bringing in Akello Witherspoon is completely butchered. And I'm totally fine with that because that dude is awesome out there. And uh, Marquise Brown, he's going to have to cover, um, uh, Witherspoon's going to have to cover Marquise Brown, I'm sure, quite a bit. And Marquise Brown's doing fine, but I think he had, it was, the the targets to receptions last week was pretty, pretty drastic. I think it was like nine targets and only four receptions, something like that. So uh, Witherspoon, obviously, he's just kind of shutting people down. So hopefully that that can just uh, continue. But obviously... Brown's got a lot of speed, so that's something that we'll have to watch for in this one. I saw this stat. I'm sure you saw it maybe as well on X, but uh, Witherspoon allowing a 36.7 passer rating when targeted. And for reference, an incompletion on every single throw is 39.6. So yeah, Witherspoon is playing so well right now that it is quite literally better to throw the ball into the dirt than to try to test him. Like that is... That stat is blowing my mind right now, and that's uh, it's absolutely fun to talk about that. That if you just threw the ball away, just throw it into the stands, throw it to me sitting in row three over there, then that's better. That is a better option than trying to get it past Akello Witherspoon, who is just shutting people down. Love that. Next up in the three to C, we're gonna go with Michael Hoyt. Michael Hoyt is off to a rough start. All right, I think we all kind of know that. <laughs> it's very clear to everybody here that Michael Hoyt. He's having a bit of a rough start to this season, all right? But if uh, the edge rusher position, this is my whole point on, on Michael Hoyt. We talked about this on Ram Showcase Live, live streaming on YouTube and Facebook on the Ram Showcase pages uh, every Monday. Times do change, uh, but just keep up with those pages and uh, you'll get those notifications. But if the edge rusher position in a Raheem Morris defense is expected to cover tight ends and occasionally wide receivers, then I think it's safe to say that Michael Hoyt cannot perform these duties, therefore should be replaced. Because if if coverage is part of that position, then he can't do it. Simple as that. These the like to to put Hoyt is a converted defensive lineman. All right, so maybe he should start to transition back to that. And I wouldn't hate that because I really like Michael Hoyt in those positions, but. He's also having trouble creating pressure on uh, like on the edge when he's actually going in for the passer. He's also having trouble even generating the pressure there. But I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Hoyt yet just yet. All right. So we, we all have hopes that he can turn this season around. And I don't hope for any Rams player to perform poorly. But when they are, I'll, I'll call him out. You, you, you know that by now, right? Sean Mannion, Tutu Atwell. I'm, I'm looking at you, but... John Mannion, obviously, he left and all that stuff. And Tutu Atwell, I've changed my tune on Tutu, which is awesome. But And I like to think that I gave him the the, the nickname Tutu Train. I realize that that's probably not true, but I'm going to stick with that because <laughs> it's fun. But uh, Michael Hoyt, obviously, we hope he he turns this around and kind of like finds that spark that it, it just like maybe it's something he's missing and then he's just going to turn it on. I just don't think he's fast enough, really, to cover these guys. This Goddard, 30 yards down the field. We got Michael Hoyt trying to cover him. That's just bad news. That's just bad news. And we've already seen that when uh, when Michael Hoyt is covering somebody, that player is going to get targeted. That's just the way it is. And Joe Barry out here taking a page right out of the Raheem book as uh, the Packers defensive coordinator. 
he's got uh who is it preston smith covering uh Devontae adams on monday night football it's like oh okay it's just the coaching style it's just that tree apparently no but none of it's good and that's the problem but michael hoyt I'm still hopeful, man. I'm still hopeful that he turns this around. So if if he does, though, can continue to show the inability to perform the duties as asked, as required by that role, um, then I do think that um, that that something needs to happen there. Whether that's go into our depth, whether that's you know a Nick Hampton, O'Shawn Mathis kind of fill into that role, or via trade, which I do think is technically a possibility. Um, then I, I do think that something needs to happen there. But I'm still gonna give Michael Hoyt the benefit of the doubt. He is on this list because he really might be on like his last straw. <laughs> like I've, I, I'm almost right here. I've, I've had it to here with Michael Hoyt. All right. And if I see him in coverage again, blowing like just, I, I'm hesitant to even call it coverage. <laughs> That's how bad it is right now. So I, I don't want to just keep on harping on, on Michael Hoyt and just trash this guy completely. But cause I, I like Michael. Hoyt. I've always liked Michael Hoyt. But this year, it's so far, it's just not working. So I would like to see something change, obviously. But he's he's, I'm gonna give him a few more chances. I, I'm rooting for him this week. I'm really rooting for him this week, especially because it's gotten really loud. The noise around Hoyt, myself included, has gotten really loud on how he can't cover. He probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. So you know what? I'm hoping that he's sitting there just kind of fuming and sitting there going like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to go murder Josh Dobbs this weekend, and then we're going to watch that, and it's going to be awesome. So that's why he's on the list. And last here on our 3 to C is going to be Jordan Fuller. Fuller has uh, somewhat quietly been all over the Rams defense, which is super cool. Um, so Fuller, he is fine to the football, and uh, he seems to be always looking to get the ball out, which is also exciting. And uh, the Cardinals will be fielding some backup running backs who could be taken advantage of in that way, stripping those balls out from Jordan Fuller. And uh, Fuller also leading the unit uh, to stop the Cardinals' pass attack that has weapons but has not shown the ability to consistently move the football down the field. This game is a really good opportunity for the secondary uh, to give Matthew and that offensive crew the football back in really good field position because I've talked about that a lot as well. Uh, like we, we, we tried to play the blame game a little bit on Ram Showcase Live um, about is it the offense's fault, is it the defense's fault? And I kind of take the approach of that it's both. I mean, it's a team game and both sides needed to, to do stuff. That even when the Rams were getting a turnover, it was a touchback. So it's like, yeah, we get the ball back, but we're also at our own 20. At no point were we getting like a, a pick from Kobe Durant that sets us up at the 30 and we're, we only need a little bit to go. Something like that, you know. So obviously we want to see that kind of turnaround. And uh, let's take a look at some um, some connections here. Not a lot, because as far as the college connections go, there wasn't anything too exciting as far as like guys who played in college together, it was a lot of like coaches, position coaches and stuff like that, which is cool, but not super riveting information. Uh, but uh, we'll start on uh, former Rams on the Cardinals head coach, Jonathan Gannon. In 2009, he was a college scout for the Rams. And in 2010 and 2011, he was a pro scout for the St. Louis Rams. So he uh, does have a little bit of knowledge of this team, but obviously that was a long time ago and there is nobody here uh, from those those days. So Jonathan Gannon does have some Rams experience, but it was just uh, scouting. And then uh, former Cardinals on the Rams, we do have offensive lineman Coleman Shelton, our starting center. He was out there in 2018 and 19. And kicker Brett Maher. We have given them the nickname Barely Brett. Um, I don't know if that's like super rude or not, but I mean, he's fine. <laughs> he was there in Arizona though from 2020 to 2021. The history of this matchup the Rams do lead the all-time series, 50, 40, and 2. So this is the 91st all-time regular season meeting between these two teams. 93rd meeting all-time, including postseason. The first ever game between these two, that came on uh, October 3rd of 1937. The Chicago Cardinals beat the Cleveland Rams 6 to nothing. And uh, we've seen a lot of different matchups in this uh, series. Cardinals versus Rams has a lot of different iterations. So we've seen... Cleveland versus Chicago, Los Angeles versus Chicago, Los Angeles versus St. Louis, Los Angeles versus Phoenix, Los Angeles versus Arizona, which only lasted one game before the Rams moved to St. Louis, and it was St. Louis versus Arizona. And then, of course, now we are back to Los Angeles versus Arizona. Since returning back to Los Angeles, by the way, the Rams are 12-3 and against the Arizona Cardinals. That does include that wild card game in the Rams' Super Bowl run where they just kind of 
dominated uh, the Kyler Murray-led Arizona Cardinals team on their way to hoisting the Lombardi at SoFi Stadium. One of the best days of my life. Hell yeah. And uh, of course, uh, the most recent game between these two uh, kind of turned the tides just a little bit, I guess. I mean, I guess we can say that. I don't know if I'm, I feel confident saying that considering, I mean, law of averages is going to come into play at some point. But uh, the most recent game between these two, the Cardinals did win 27 to 17. That game came uh, last year, November 13th of 2022. So that is your game preview. Uh, we got the Arizona Cardinals coming to town to take on our Los Angeles Rams. Should be a fun one. I'm excited about this game. Division games are always kind of a toss-up. You never really know what to expect out of them. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about it for that. So if you are watching on the YouTube channel, you want to check out the full podcast. We're getting into fan quesos after this. Uh, then uh, just find the Ram Showcase podcast wherever you already find your other favorite podcast. And uh, just search it up there and listen to the whole thing. All right. And uh, leave a like below if you liked this content. If you did not like this content, leave a dislike and let me know in the comments what you would like to see me do better. Other than that, we'll take a quick break here and get into fan quesos on the other side. Back into the action here as uh, it's time for fan quesos. First one here is going to come from Ian. And uh, he is, his question is, is Puka Nakua still a viable fantasy option with Cup back in the lineup? What do you see his role becoming now? Ian, I absolutely think that Puka Nakua is a viable option uh, in your fantasy league because there is absolutely going to be teams who kind of key in on Cooper Cup and say, if you're going to beat us, well, it's going to not be with Cooper Cup. It's going to be with somebody else. The good news is, obviously, with Puka Nakua making his appearance and his emergence onto this Rams roster, well, he's looking pretty dang good at football, which is very exciting stuff. So, obviously, I do think that um, it's just... um. It's, it's one of those situations where I just feel like uh, like on any given week, it's going to be a matchup-based thing. Who's covering who? What corner is covering Cup? Which means that, uh, like, which which me, it translates to, like, wh- who is going to be on Puka and stuff like that. And it's just going to be a matchup thing every week. I'm kind of riding on the uh, Tutu train a little bit. And uh, that's, that's actually my fantasy football team name right now is the Tutu train. And I do have them on my roster and I start him every week because I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that just kind of like out of nowhere gets like a 48 point game. And, and then everyone's going to be like, Oh, what Joe started that guy. He's a genius. They're probably not going to say that, but I'm going to think that they do. And that's all that matters. But to answer your question, Ian, I think it, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the real winner, as far as your fantasy team goes, when it comes to the Rams offense, though, is going to be Matthew Stafford. He will throw some picks. That's just kind of Matthew Stafford style, dude. But uh, yeah, he uh, he also he's got killer weapons all over the place. He's got a great tight end, the best fr- tight end in Rams franchise history. Two incredible wide receivers in um, Triple Crown winner Cooper Cup, future Hall of Famer Puka Nakua, and uh, the speedster Tutu Atwell, which is really good stuff there. So yeah, I think uh, overall, if we're talking fantasy, which I don't love, I I don't really get into the fantasy stuff. Uh, but uh, Stafford, I think, is going to be your big winner there. And uh, heading over to YouTube. Because it finally let me make a posting here. Um, I don't know what was going on earlier, but it wouldn't let me. But uh, we got it. That's all that matters here. So this one's going to come from Joe. Great name. Says, dude, where's Trey Tomlinson? I think he has way more upside than Kendrick, who seems to have peaked. I keep seeing comments on Darian Kendrick about how terrible he is. I am not seeing it. <laughs> uh, I realize that he gets like a penalty here and there. And and I, I feel like what happens with Darian Kendrick is he's so sick for 95% of his plays. But that 5%, it's not only that he's not super sick, but he's actually kind of bad in those 5%. But I, I'm, I'm choosing the positive here, man, and I'm going to stick with that 95% because I do think he's got it in him to be so good at this game. And I think that we've already seen that he's better this year than he was last year. And so I'm not on that train where I've just like DK sucks and I'm not like I'm not with that. I like Darian Kendrick still a lot, and I think that he's doing a fine job Obviously, I think we're all kind of upset and 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 kind of blinded a little bit by that uh, that that uh, drive there at the end of the first half against the Philadelphia Eagles, where he had those two bad plays. But uh, that's not enough for me to throw him away. But uh, where is Trey Tomlinson? Man, that dude is a gunner right now, and so far, man, he's been a bit of a penalty machine. It seems like every time he's on the field, he's getting penalties. So um, obviously. I, I don't know. I think he's just developing still. So we'll kind of see what uh, his career develops into. But I do think that over the course of the season, we'll start to see him more later on in the year, much like uh, Zach Evans. I think that some of these rookies were ready to go day one. Steve 
Puka, Byron, those guys were ready right now to play some football. Ethan, ready to play right now. But I do think that there's uh, there's other guys like Zach and um, and and like Trey that uh, even Jason Taylor, I, I, those guys I think just needed more time. So I think that we're going to kind of see them maybe a little bit more later in the season to answer your question there, Joe. And uh, next one here coming from Paul: Will the Rams ever get rid of the all blue uniforms? Dude, I'm with you, man. I don't really like to get into the whole uniform thing. I don't really care what the Rams look like. Just go out there and play good football, man. But uh, yeah, the blue on blue is pretty hideous, and I'm a big, big fan of the bone jersey. I absolutely love it. But then the time we've worn it, uh, we paired it with the bone pants. And I just think anytime you match your pant color with your jersey color, it looks a little bit silly. We call it the 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 pajama combo, where it does it kind of looks like a onesie a little bit. It looks like one unit of clothing, and uh, I, I'm not with it. I think it always looks terrible anytime you do same color jersey and pant. Uh, with the exception of white, I feel like that sometimes can be fine. Um, but overall, yeah, those that blue on blue, man, it's just too much blue, dude. I mean, really, I mean, that's it's just overwhelmingly blue. And uh, like at least with the bone on bone, we get like the blue helmet. But when you pair that that blue helmet with the blue jersey and the blue pants, oof, man, that's a that's a lot, dude. And it just yeah, it does it's just ugly. I don't know. <laughs> it's like. We obviously, uh, you know, beat the butt cheeks off the Denver Broncos on Christmas Day in those. But uh, other than that, terrible luck as well. Those also have just not been uh, good jerseys for the Rams. So um, I'm hoping that we don't continue to see the um, the entire like um, like same color jersey and pants because it's just kind of gross, right? Uh, so we'll kind of see what happens as far as the um, the the jersey stuff goes. I just, I do fully still anticipate that uh, what like next year or Maybe the year after that, uh, something like that, that we'll get rid of like the gradient and the numbers. We'll probably update a little bit. Um, I think that the horn will stay just because of the logo. But um, yeah, stuff like that. I think it will get a bit of an update, a little bit of a refresher, because what we've seen from from teams uh, that have done a rebrand like the Rams have, um, i.e. the Titans, the Buccaneers, the Jaguars, the Browns. Uh, they've all kind of gone over the top on their rebrand, and then a couple years later, they pull back a little bit. So these these Buccaneers jerseys are not nearly as obnoxious as they were just a couple years ago when they put the logo all huge on their helmet for no reason, and the numbers like look super stupid and cartoony and stuff. And I know some people liked them, whatever. And then like the Jags, where they have like the two tone helmets and stuff, where it, like faded into like black and like gold or whatever. It's like that kind of stuff's just over the top, and they kind of toned it down, pulled back a little bit, and I do think that that's exactly what the Rams will be doing as well. Next round of questions here, and our last bit of questioning um, will come from Rams House, the YouTube channel. And I don't know, uh, like, you gotta slow down. Rams House, get back on this, man. What are you doing over here? Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, who is the most likely Ram to be signed first by the Rams in the 2024 free agency. So you're okay. So uh, the way I'm translating this is the way I believe you're asking it is what, uh, what, uh, what of our free agents will be signed back uh, first. And uh, I'm going to give this one. I, you know what? I, I feel like you think that I'm going to go with number four, right? Jordan Fuller in this one, but psych, uh, I'm going Kevin Dotson, dude, uh, 27 years old. And that dude is absolutely awesome. And I think that the Rams are going to maybe not even let him get to the free agency level. I think that we see an extension for him uh, sometime throughout the season, actually, uh, to keep him around. Don't even give him the chance to test the market. Um, and just let's just go ahead and keep him here because he's really good at football. And we are we are we're good. We're, we're like we should be happy that we got him. And uh, the way that all that all happened and it kind of seemed like a last minute thing. And uh, his story of uh, of telling like uh, how how that all happened, where his agent calls him and is like, "Hey, man, there there's um there's some teams interested, so just a heads up." And then like two hours later, four hours later, whatever it was, he's like, "The Rams traded for you. Uh, you're leaving tomorrow." <laughs> it's like, "Oh my gosh, could you imagine that? Just for a second, like take a take a just take a second, take this journey with me. Like I work at a radio station, right? I can't even imagine what it would be like if my boss came in." one day and was like, Hey, by the way, we've traded you. You got to move to a different state where you don't know anybody. Um, they're expecting you tomorrow. <laughs> like, like what? Like imagine that in your own life that like your, whatever school or work you go to, like, and then like all of a sudden they're like, yeah, you go somewhere else now and you don't know anybody there. <laughs> like, and you, it's tomorrow. So say goodbye. And then you just like, uh, gotta go. So 
that's kind of a crazy thing, man. But obviously in the NFL, it's like, uh, uh, it's a different world. Uh, and that kind of stuff can happen. But I, I'm, I'm going to lock in uh, Kevin Dotson, dude. KD. That's what we're going to call him from here on out. I'm just locking that in. Uh, next one here from Rams House. Uh, you can bring back one Ram from the 2020 Rams defense. Who would it be? They'd be playing as well as they did at the time. Let me go ahead and pull up uh, a little bit of a roster here uh, so I can, can uh, accurately assess what we are uh, looking at here. So um, let's go to the defensive stats. Ooh, John Johnson that year was very good. Troy Hill was really cool that year. Um, Kenny Young, I'm a big fan of. Darius Williams was really good that year. Oh, obviously, it's just Jalen Ramsey, right? Yeah, let's go and lock that in. Jalen Ramsey, I think that's an easy one. The, more, the second he popped up, it was like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, Jalen, uh, he was super sick, obviously. Um, so what was that? Um, he was, that, was a, that was a number 20 Jalen Ramsey. I think he was better in five. I don't know what it was, but I think he got a uh, more more insane in the five man. I'm trying to think who else would uh would be like a really good option here. I like Morgan Fox, man. Um, I think he's better out um, playing for Staley than he would be with us. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, just lock in uh, Jalen Ramsey, dude, because that that guy's awesome, man. You know that though. You're a Jalen guy. Uh, next one here. Uh, what happens if the Rams draft Carson Wentz in 2016? How does that play out with McVeigh and his head coach in the cast around him? That's a very interesting question, Rams House, um, because obviously with um, the way that uh, that whole draft went, the Rams moving up, trade with the Philadelphia Eagles to get into the number one slot and then did not tell anybody where they were going. Is it going to be Carson Wentz? Is it going to be Jared Goff? And uh, I wanted Goff, um, I'll tell you, Rams House, you kind of understand this, I guess, a little, well, I mean. I'll say the words, but uh, you're you're <laughs> you're kind of near me, and uh, so I was watching the Air Force game, the Air Force bowl game, and uh, against Cal, and that's exactly why I wanted Jared Goff. His deep ball, it was like the way that his deep ball was coming out of his hands. I was like, this guy, I want him on my team, man. And then so when the Rams moved up to one, I was all in on Goff. But obviously Carson Wentz was in that conversation as well. Um, but I got to say that if the Rams, if 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 the Rams drafted Carson Wentz. That was still under Jeff Fisher, and I think that if the Rams had Carson Wentz, I think that his stint with the Rams would have been shorter than Jared Goff's stint with the Rams. I think that that uh, Sean McVay would have been faster to move on from Carson Wentz because what we've seen from uh, players and Sean McVay and their dynamic is when players don't absolutely love the game of football, it creates a bit of a rift. and. I think that Carson Wentz is one of those guys who who was just good at football growing up and in college and stuff like that, but he blatantly doesn't even care. When he got traded to uh, Washington, he was on a camping trip or something like that. He didn't even know for like another week until after that transaction already happened. Like he comes back home and they're like, oh, you don't, you're, you don't live here, man. Like, go, <laughs> go away, go to Washington. What are you doing over here? And then he pulls out the ugliest jacket of all time and goes to Washington. So uh, I just think that the the stint would have been a lot shorter. I just don't think that uh, that uh, McVay would have had as much patience with Carson Wentz as he did with Jared Goff. And uh, final question here is going to be uh, top three favorite Rams games since 2020. Can't include playoffs. Oh, you just ruined my entire answer. There. Jesus. <laughs> okay, let's see here. So um, I'm going to start with 2021 week one home against the Chicago Bears and uh, that does obviously kind of sting just a little bit more now that Van Jefferson's gone because the second that that touchdown happened on the second play of the season we kind of felt like it was something new so uh, yeah Stafford to Jefferson on that first touchdown there that one was something I'll always remember Um, let's see here oh man this is a tough one that's a you ask the tough questions, man. I'm gonna go with uh, I mean, for I think what feels like obvious reasons, Christmas Day against the Denver Broncos as a Colorado native. Anytime the Rams can just beat the butt cheeks off the Denver Broncos, I feel good about it. I was 10 last time the Rams lost to the Broncos. I'm 32 now, so I'm feeling pretty good, <laughs> and and uh, that's just been fun. Um, other than that, man, I'm trying to think here. So. Oh man, since 2020, let me go back here and kind of run down this list here. I thought I would have something off the dome, but I do not. Um, let's see. Hmm. I mean, I would go probably, man, I don't know. 
I'm at a loss now, and I'm running out of time. <laughs> I am running out of time. I got a, I, I got two, man. That's that's what you get. But uh, thank you for all your fan quesos. I do uh, genuinely appreciate those. Those are always so much fun to do, and we'll get back to it again next week. Of course, check the Rams Showcase social media uh, for those uh, the on Wednesdays. But uh, thanks for hanging out. We've got a big old game going on this weekend. Arizona Cardinals head to the Los Angeles Rams, which will be absolutely fun. Ramshowcase.com. Snag your merch under that merch tab. we got Ram Showcase t-shirts. They are absolutely awesome. AJ helping out a lot with those, which is absolutely incredible. Huge shout-out to AJ, man. He's uh, that's a That's a good dude right there for sure. Follow Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media, at Ram Showcase, at Sheriff Joe Bags. You can follow myself as well. And, uh, well, that's going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio, the fan-sided network, and Broad Street South. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for listening, and go Rams. Go Rams.